everybody doing this morning? Everybody feeling good? Yeah. Um, so I know I gave y'all I gave y'all some knowledge last week. I let you know that uh, it's okay, it's okay to have more than one Christmas tree in your house. More than one Christmas tree. And did anybody else put up an extra tree last last week? Y'all put up another tree, Joey. How many y'all got now? Three, four, five. Y'all catching up with opinions. Y'all need to slow down. Y'all, y'all in like a. Y'all are in a competition to see who can get the most Christmas trees up. I also found this out this week. I found out um, that it is it is okay to uh, just ride around and look at Christmas lights. Does, does anybody have Does anybody have any little kids? Like little little kids? Darren, your hand went down real fast back there. You're like, I don't I don't want another little kid. I'm I'm past that stage. He's like, Nah, I ain't trying to get another little kid. Well, I have I have a three year old, and uh, don't don't tell on me. I'll tell on myself. Um, my, my daughter likes to help me drive on, on what we call little roads, all right? So she can, help, she can help me drive around our neighborhood. And now here's the problem. She'll get in my lap, and she'll, if I'm not careful, that girl will just, like, pull the steering wheel. We'll hit one of the cars parked on the side of the road. But, but man, we love, we love driving around and, and looking at lights. Last night, uh, we stayed in Hickory last night. And uh, Gigi and Poppy, my in-laws, drove our daughter around some neighborhoods and, and just looked at, at, at lights. And, and my, daughter just, my daughter just lit up, no pun intended. Uh, but she, she just loves looking at lights. There's something about the, the Christmas season. There's something about regardless of what people subscribe to, right? Regardless of if they find themselves at church on a Sunday morning or not, there's some type of hope that comes along with Christmas, and I think the world kind of wanders around and they're like, I don't know why I feel this way. It's Christmas. Maybe I just feel this way. But I would say the majority of us in this room knows why people feel the way they feel during Christmas. It's because of a hope. Even if they don't understand where that hope is coming from. So we'll continue our series, our 2020 Christmas series. And if I had a title, this sermon, anything, it would be very simple. It would be called Be Hope. Be Hope. We'll take a look at our theme scripture this morning, John chapter 1, verse 14. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 1, verse 14. It reads like this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Let, let me read the message version for you. John 1, 14, the message version says this, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Moved into the neighborhood. See, see, God didn't try to fix things from a distance. God, God didn't just look down on earth and say, well, I could probably tweak this. I could probably tweak that. No, what, what did God do? He sent his son to live in the neighborhood, to, to live amongst us. The incarnation, Jesus walked with perfection and holiness, and yet he walked among the mess. See, we have to take our cues from the incarnation. We're called to live separate, right? We're called to not be of the world, but to be in the world. Like never before in our lifetime, we need such separation from what the world says. Our hearts need to be separated from the world. Our minds need to be separated from the thoughts of the world. And our actions need to be separated from most of what society is acting like around us. But more than never before, we're called to live amongst the neighborhood. 
in our separation to also live with one another, being separate from the world but a part of the world. See, hope isn't just an idea. It's not just wishful thinking. Hope isn't just some foreign philosophy. It's real. And scripture tells us that hope is found in Jesus. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became fleshed and moved into the neighborhood. See, what Jesus did, he was actually seeing and meeting real needs. So when Jesus saw someone was hurting, he hurt with them. When Jesus saw that someone was mourning, he would mourn with them. When Jesus saw someone celebrating, he would celebrate with them. He didn't try to recreate things. He was just where people were. And I think if we're not careful as a Christian society, we, go, we, we just kind of walk around looking for things without really seeing them. Seeing and meeting real needs. So many people in this season, they're saying, well, where, where is Jesus? Where, where is where is Jesus? Y'all talk about the Son of God, but like where where is he? What if what if Jesus is challenging us to reach people that he's called us to reach? What what if Jesus is saying, yeah, there's so many people in society stepping back, going, hey, where where am I? Well, I'm I'm living in you. I'm living in and through you. Through how you interact with your neighbor, through how you interact with your coworker, through how you interact with the person that scans your little present out at Target. I'm reaching the world through you. I, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, because for some reason I feel like the church has forgotten it. Um, but church, it's okay if we celebrate. Like, like it, it's okay if the church gets happy. Like, it's okay if we want to rejoice. It's okay if we want to celebrate. And, and if we're not careful, what happens is we, we kind of get this down and out mentality. I, I don't know about you, but I've had conversations over the past few weeks, and you see what's going on in society. And listen, like, let's call a spade a spade. Listen, there's still this thing called COVID, right? There's still this thing called the election. And everybody's like, well, what's going on? I really don't know. But this is what I do know. I do know that God hasn't called us to be down and out. I do know that God hasn't called us to, to just complain about everything. I do know that God has called us to put joy in our life and smiles on our faces and to be hope to those who seem hopeless. There's many families in our church that, man, they've seen some, they've seen some highs and lows in the last 12 to 18 months. I'm actually going to ask uh, the Clarks to, to join me up front. I don't know if y'all knew that I was doing this or not, but I mean, that means y'all got to get out of your chair. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to walk up front. James is like, what in the world is going on? He's like, I don't come to the front. <laughs> James is like, I like, I like staying, I like staying in the back. Um, at, at our building banquet, as these two kind of make their, their way to the front. I was told that you have to stand on this side. Megan, where are you? I'm standing on this side. No, yeah, yeah, y'all got to stand on this side. <laughs> Something about pictures and uh, all that good stuff, all right? Um, be hope to the world. Be hope to people. Uh, at our building banquet, you guys shared. You shaking a little bit. Girl, I'm shaking. I can see you shaking. You're making me starting to shake. Don't give it up for Jessica and James. Tell them not to be nervous. Don't, don't, be, don't be nervous up here. At the building banquet, um, and we shared this story quite a bit. We shared 
the story about your mom and how, how Sam you know, made the drive. And, and James, we shared the story about, man, I, I don't know, man, 18, 18, 14, 18 months ago, lost your job. And uh, to see what you guys have walked through, um, to see that, that life, we, we talk about mountains and valleys all the time. And it was like everything just went to the valley for y'all's life kind of all at, all at once. It wasn't like, let's just ease down to the valley. It was like, what in the world just happened? Like, we're, we're in this valley. But what you guys, what you guys might not have seen, you, 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 didn't see, you didn't just see these guys go through hard times. They continued to serve. You, you didn't just see these guys kind of uh, go, woe is me. Things are hard. They, they fully stepped into who God had called them to be. James, I remember having a conversation with you, this was early on uh, in you serving, and, and you were just kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll serve. I'll, yeah, this is what, what I do. Like, I'm supposed to serve. And, and you just jumped in and kind of gave it, you gave it your all. But, but not only did you guys serve, it's the way that you lead your kids as well. Because what you guys might not see is when you run out of here and service is over and we're tearing down, we got this guy named Bryson, and I talked about him a little bit last week. And I told him I was going to say it again, but, but he's like a little ant. Like he just carries like five times his weight. Like he'll pick up chairs and just start moving things. And, and, and it's the way that you even lead your family. I don't know that I've ever seen your daughter have a bad day in this church. Now, I'm sure she has bad days. But she always comes in and she's always, she's always smiling. She's always happy. And, and I think what you guys have poured in them and what they're pouring into others is that they're doing what we're preaching about today. They're, they're actually being hope to people. So we just wanted to take, as a church family, just wanted to take just a second and celebrate you guys. Uh, y'all can go ahead and give it up for them one, one more time. Uh, but no, not, just, not just in words. Uh, Brittany, if you could kind of come up here. We have uh, a night stay for you and your family at the Great Wolf Lodge. Uh, so we have, some, we have some wolf ears in there for you guys. So... Uh, again, just wanted to say thank you, uh, not, not, just for, not just for showing up on a Sunday morning, but actually being hope to the world. So can we give it up for James and Jessica one more? Can I have a hug? Can we hug? Don't take a picture of this. I don't know if we're allowed to. You guys can go ahead and, and be seated. But, but being hope to the world, being hope to the world. It's the way that they've raised their kids. It's the way that they serve every single Sunday. See, hope is not some heavenly notion with no earthly good. Hope is a heavenly motion with earthly good. It's what we do. It's not just what we say. I, I think we can all agree that we're tired of church people just paying lip service to things. Like, we, we have to actually start being the church. See, we can talk about hope on a Sunday morning, but for some reason, when we show up to our job place on Monday, we're hopeless. When we show up on Tuesday, we're hopeless. What if we actually carried hope outside of the four walls of the church? Because that's what God has called us to do. I, 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 like, if I can just be real with you this morning and not, like, just throw on the title of pastor, like, I am sick and tired of people that I'm surrounded by that are just hopeless. Like, I'm, I'm tired of it. And, and I think the reason I get tired of it is because I know the answer. And this is what I even see in Christ followers' life. I'm going to step on some toes for a second. I hope that's okay. I'm going to pastor where I feel like I feel called to pastor. But, but this, is what, this is what drives me insane, is that people are like, yeah, yeah, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. And then we have this conversation of, man, life is hard right now. Life, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Well, well have, you, 
Like, you, you pray about it? Nah, pastor, it's, it's more than prayer. No, it ain't. It ain't no more than prayer. You know how I know that? It's because that's what the Bible says. When Jesus went through hard times, what did he do? He prayed. When Jesus went through hard, hard times, what did he do? He talked to the Father. And, and I think for us as Christ followers, we have to be that example to the world around us. I, I'm tired of weak mindsets. I, I'm tired of Christians being weak between their ears. They let the enemy have too much real estate. They have the enemy uh, maintain too much thought process. Can, can, I give you, can I give you just something maybe you can try? Next time you start having negative thoughts, say, uh-uh, because that's not what Jesus told me. Yeah. I mean, it's that, it's that simple. And, and I think the reason we get so far removed from knowing what Christ said, so far removed from Christ being our hope, is because, if I'm honest with you, we're just not spending enough time with them on our own. We show up on a Sunday and we get some spoon-fed material, and then Monday through Friday we forget to connect with them. Now, now, now listen, I'm going to get off the toes for a second because here's the reality. Jesus isn't going to condemn you for not spending time with you. He's saying, hey, I'm right here. I just want to hang out. But why, why do I want to hang out with you? Because Jesus is hope, not just for us, but hope for the world. Hope is something we extend. It's actually something we do. And church, I want to remind us that we will be a church of hope. John chapter 20, verse 21 says this. Again, Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. See, John actually bookended the entire gospel, the gospel of John with God with us. John 1.14 and John 20.21. John 1.14 says this. The word became flesh and moved into what? The neighborhood. Dwelt among us. And then John 20.21. Peace be with you as the Father sent me. I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So many people are looking around for Jesus, but Jesus is amongst the believers. See, society says, where is hope? Hope is among the believers. Society says, where is grace? Grace is among the believers. Society says, where is joy? Joy should be among the believers. If it's not, then we have it wrong. If we can't find joy on a Sunday morning when we gather, then we're not a church. We're just a country club. If we can't find peace amongst the believers on a Sunday morning, then we're not a church. We're just a country club. Listen, I hope that individuals can walk in with brokenness. I hope that individuals can walk in with pain. I hope that, that couples can walk in after they've had an argument with one another and then they be put back together. Well, I mean, that's what Jenna and I do sometimes. Like, I'm not going to act perfect, right? Like, like, we argue sometimes and that's okay. But when I come in here and I'm amongst the believers, something happens in my soul that when I walk out, I'm changed. I'm not exempt because I'm a pastor. I probably need it more than y'all. Oh, seriously, I probably, I probably do. Damon's like, hallelujah, amen, because Damon, <laughs> Damon sees the unfiltered me sometimes. I said a bad word working out uh, two weeks ago very loudly, and it, I'm, I digress. Let me keep, let me keep going. I wasn't hoping to people at the gym that day. Hey, can y'all, can you edit the recording? All right, just, you can edit that. All right, cool. Appreciate you, Paul. Love you. Back on track. Here we go. This is why I have notes. Squirrel. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, 
the love and hope of Jesus is expressed through us. Pastor, you're saying the same thing. You're just saying it different ways over and over again. Yeah. Y'all read the Bible lately? It says the same thing. It just says it different ways over and over again. I'm going to preach the way the Bible reads. If, if we're a church that ever gets away from the Bible, y'all better remove me real quick. If I ever start preaching something or speaking on something outside of the Bible, y'all better remove me real quick. I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. Be Jesus to the world. Let's look at it again in our own context because what we do is sometimes we read scripture and we try to apply it philosophically and oh, it can be this and it can be that. But, but today, just like we talked about the Clarks, I think we have to look at it in our context sometimes. Look at it in our family. Jessica Durbin, where are you? You in here? Oh, girl, come on, get up here. Yeah, you way back at the back. Yeah, you had no idea, did you? Let's, let's give it up for Miss Durbin one time. You can make, you, if you want to come this way, probably look this side again. Oh, yeah, you got to stand on this side. Y'all don't know this woman's story. Some of you do. Some of you don't. I, I'll let you stand right there. I'm going to try not to embarrass you too much. You can move it. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Y'all don't know her story. How, how many, I'm going to call you out, putting you on the spot. How many back surgeries have you had in the last three months? Two, two back surgeries in the last three months. And then, I don't know, after that, after the first one, I don't know, maybe three weeks after, maybe two weeks after, you came in trying to serve. Like, we had this, we had to stop her from putting up pipe. Like, she was trying to, like, move really slow. Like, stop! Like, don't move. Whatever they fix, I don't want it to pop. I, like, I'm not going to be responsible for that. But let me, let me talk about something else. Let me talk about this idea of being hope. I'm going to cry talking about this one. Oh. Isn't that what women do? Get a, does it work? I don't know. I just see Jenna do this. Does it work? Not that men can't do it. We can cry. We just don't have makeup. And so, well, never mind. Uh, let, me talk, let, me talk about, let me talk about you for a second. I vividly remember one of the first times that you came into church. I, 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 remember, I remember you kind of coaxing your daughter along. She did not want to come in. She didn't want to come in. And she was like, like tears, like would not come in. And then you, you kind of finally got her into the door. I think church was right about to start, but you got her into the door. And she was clinging to your side. She was like a sloth, like just like on your, on your leg. And then you got, her in, you got her into kids. And then next week was a little easier. The next week was a, a little easier. I think that speaks to, that, I mean, sure, maybe it speaks to the church a little bit. But I think it speaks to you as a mom. I, I, I think it speaks to you as the leader of the household. I, I think it speaks to you playing mom and dad. I, I think it speaks to you and, and your relationship with, with the Lord. And, and this, is, this is the beautiful part. And I didn't think about this until after church last week. You realize that your daughter was one holding the microphone last Sunday? She wouldn't even she wouldn't even walk in she wouldn't even walk in the door of the church eight months ago, and now she's up here up front singing in the kids choir, hold, holding a microphone, leading other kids. Now, now let me let me connect let me connect some dots. It's because of people like Miss Jessica being hope. It's because of people like Pastor Eric being hope. Miss Kay, you in the room? I saw you earlier today. She left. Miss Kay, 
this is what's crazy. This is what uh, crazy part of the story. Amber, don't cry back there. Uh, cra- crazy part of the story. When you couldn't come because of your back surgeries, I think Miss K came and picked up Ella to even bring her to JBQ on Sunday mornings to still be a part of church because you physically couldn't. You physically couldn't move. Church, being, being hope isn't something that's a foreign philosophy. It's something that we do here. Be, being hope isn't just, oh, let's talk about some pie in the sky. No, we want to do it. So we thought that if we were going to give the Clarks an overnight stay at Great Wolf Lodge, that you and your daughter needed a, a mother-daughter time together. So y'all can hang out with them if you want to. You don't have to. But, but you guys are going to be able to go spend a night at Great Wolf Lodge as well just to celebrate you being a mom and celebrate everything that Ella has done. Can I get a hug from you too? Is that okay? Can we give it up for Ms. Durbin one more time? You're awesome. It's not, it's not just about, it's not just about some, some gifts. It's not just about calling some people out, but... Man, people like Jordan and, and Angie and John, the, the people that we don't usually see because they're back there with our kids are pouring into them being hope. Church, we, we have to extend hope to the world. We have to be the answer because nobody else is going to be. Everybody else is going to make excuses. All I hear right now is just excuses. What if we actually moved into the neighborhood? What if through you, you are hope? To somebody. Listen, hope doesn't have to be a night at Great Wolf Lodge. Hope can be a smile. Hope can be a text. Hope can be a hug. Hope can be a high five. Hope can be just a word of encouragement. Man, I'll have a rough day, Paul, and and, and I'm just like grinding through this this building. Hey, building a building is tough, by the way. Y'all ever seen some blueprints? Goodness. But I'm like locked into a computer, eyes are hurting, and Paul will come into the coffee shop and just like, hey man, how's it going? Better now, because you just like pulled me out of you pulled me out of my funk. I, I know that when I go to the gym, I won't call out all of you guys in the room, but but there's people in this room right now that I go to the gym and you walk in with a smile on your face. You walk in bubbly all the time. You, you walk in after work or you walk in after you've worked and and it's just something that happens, and I can't explain it, but it's something that happens inside of me when you smile, when you laugh, when you joke. When I walk in on a Sunday morning, listen, I drove from Hickory this morning, right, to come here. It's, I was tired. I was like, man, it's going to be a long, be a long service. And then I, I walk in, and as soon as I see smiles, as soon as I have conversations, there's something that happened inside of me. I'm not... I'm not just telling us to do something that we're not already actively doing. This isn't like, let me jump on your feet and aggravate you and tell you what. Church, we're doing this. We're doing it. Can I I encourage us to do it just a little more? We're called to be hope. We're called to be hope. I'm going to skip over a few slides. The world is trying to obtain hope, but it's really found in knowing Jesus. See, the world's trying to attain it, but it's really found in knowing Jesus. I got a, I got a countdown clock now. I got to move fast. Here we go. Uh, to be hope to the world, we have to go. Matthew 28, 19 says this, therefore, go. But then you ask the question, go for what? Well, back up to Matthew 5, verse 14. We go to be the light to everyone that you encounter. 
Okay, I can do that, pastor. And what else? Matthew 10, to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is near. Church, we're not just talking about that Jesus came one time. We're talking about he's coming again. I know what some of you guys are thinking. How are we going to preach on being hope to the world when we can't even travel to parts of the world right now? Right? We can't even travel right now. Well, remember back a couple weeks ago, Philippians chapter 1, verse 5, I talked about uh, the idea of a partnership in the gospel. One person can't do it all. But as a church, when we do our part, we can actually reach the entire world. I don't know if you know this or not, but the entire world is actually here in Lake Norman. Damon, you guys go ahead and throw that video at the back. It's a ministry that helps to build Bible schools, training centers around the world. We believe that what we are doing is the same strategy that Jesus employed 2,000 years ago when he called to himself 12 disciples. One never finished the course, but 11, filled with the Holy Spirit, evangelized their world, and today there's a billion people in the world who call themselves Christ followers. That's possible because of trained leadership, and so that's what we do through Priority One. We've been doing it now for the last 55 years around the world in over 50 countries, and most recently, we were able to see the women's dormitory in Kathmandu, Nepal dedicated. In fact, we dedicated it this past March the 6th, just as the calamity of COVID was beginning to take its impact here in America and around the world. From there, we went on down to Tanzania. We went into the capital city, Dodoma, where we have been helping them to build a magnificent Bible school called Central Bible College. We saw a wonderful, wonderful dedication of an academic center. In fact, we call it the Dakota Academic Center. And we have now provided for them facilities for 700 students to have a seat in the classroom, comfortably studying the Word of God. While we were there, we also saw the continuing progress being made of the seminary that we will dedicate in September of next year. This is called Africa's Continental Theological Seminary, ACTS as I like to call it, because it will be a seminary where the students will be filled with the Holy Spirit, trained to the highest level, and to go out as leaders across the continent of Africa, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. We will dedicate this seminary in September of next year. We have also been building just north of Delhi, India, a fine Bible school. It's an interesting story. 23 years ago, a missionary helped them to buy three acres of land, but they had no money in which to build. And so we were able to come along at their invitation, and we have begun to build the Bible school for 85 students just north of Delhi. We build Bible schools of all sizes in all countries around the world where we receive invitations to do so. All possible because of your giving. All possible because of your sacrifice. And in the midst of COVID, I'm happy to tell you, we've not suffered one loss of one dollar. Everybody's been so very faithful, and I'm just simply overwhelmed with gratitude. May God bless you and reward you at this wonderful Christmas season of the year. Church, we're not just blowing smoke. 
we're actually being hope to our community and being hope to the world. See, I think what, what the enemy's trying to do is to get us to focus on all the negative things that are going on right now. But sometimes we just got to pause and, and celebrate some of the positive things that are going on. Like, it's okay if you clap. Like, I'm going to be, no, seriously, somebody clap for what we're doing. Like, it's not, that's, that's not something that's philosophical. It's something that we're actually doing. It's something that you were a part of. We're, we're going to be a church that celebrates. Like, look, it's all right if y'all, y'all clap in here. It's okay if you smile. It's okay if you move a, a little bit. We want to celebrate what's going on. We got to celebrate. Sometimes we got to rewrite a story. Sometimes we got to rewrite what the enemy is trying to pitch to us. John 1 14, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. If Jesus moved into your neighborhood, if he moved into your school, if he moved into your cul-de-sac, if he moved into your place of work, how different would it look? P.S. He already has, and it's through you. He's already moved in. He's waiting on you to act. Margaret Clarkson wrote a well-known hymn. And when she first wrote it, it was called, so, or it is called, So Send I You. It's a very popular missionary song, but there's a second version. And the second version is rarely in hymn books. The text of So Send I You sometimes is called the finest missionary hymn of the 20th century. It was written by a 22-year-old. The original version is... Certainly one of the best-known missionary hymns. However, few people know the actual second version. And they don't really know the story until they talk to Margaret on why she rewrote it. It's actually considered to be a little better than the first. Margaret was born in Saskatchewan, uh, grew up in Toronto, jobs were scarce, and she spent seven years in the far north of Ontario first in a lumber camp and then in a coal mining area before returning to teach for 31 years in Toronto, retiring in 1973. She says this about the North. She says, I experienced deep loneliness of every kind, mental, cultural, and particularly spiritual loneliness. I found no Bible teaching, church fellowship, and only one or two isolated Christians in those lonely years. Studying the word one night and Thinking of my loneliness and of my situation, I came to John 20 and I wrote the words, so send I you. Because of a physical disability, she never went to the mission field. But that, that was where God had sent her, in the north. I'd written verses all of my life, so in 54, it was natural for me to express my thoughts through a poem, she wrote. Some years later in 63, after more life experiences and actually having contact with real missionaries, I realized that the poem was really just one-sided. It told only of sorrows and privations of the missionary's call and none of its triumph. So I wrote another song and then the same rhythm so that the verses could be used interchangeably. Unfortunately for all of us, the original hymn words were already accepted into widely distributed printed hymns and not many persons not many people know of the changes I want to read a couple of the old verses or the original verses to you written in 1954 by Margaret 
It reads like this. So send I you to labor unrewarded, to serve unpaid, unloved, unsought, unknown, to bear rebuke, to suffer scorn and scoffing. So send I you to toil for me alone. So send I you to bind the bruised and broken. So send I you to loneliness and longing with hearts hung low, forsaking home and kindred friend and dear one. So send I you to know my love alone, to labor long and love where men revile you, to send I you to lose your life and mine. So send I you. Again, that was the original and it's something that's almost depressing when you hear it. But then she rewrote it. And she wrote of triumphs and she says, So send I you by grace made strong to triumph over the host of hell, over darkness, over death, and over sin. My name to bear and the name to conquer. So send I you my victory to win. So send I you my strength to know in weakness, my joy in grief, my perfect peace and pain to prove my power, my grace, my promised presence. So send I you eternal fruit to gain, to hear my voice. Well done, my faithful servant. Come share my throne, my kingdom, and my crown as the Father hath sent me. So send I you. Church, we're called to rewrite somebody's story. Church, too often they're just hearing of the pain. Too often they're just hearing of the brokenness. Too often they're just hearing of their fears and of their failures. We're called to be hope to the world. What song is God calling you to rewrite in someone else's life? 